By the end of this podcast, you're going to find out why Man United aren't great at selling players, how the likes of City and Chelsea can get a return on their players and academy graduates, and what life will look like for Man City after Pep. Welcome to The Knobcast, a podcast giving City and United fans their weekly fix of football analysis and debate with a focus on banter rather than bias. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing Man United, their FFP situation and the mess they find themselves in failing to get return on investment on their transfers. Why is their youth uh, and academy not producing uh, for the, compared to the likes of Man City? And speaking of Man City, we'll also be discussing life after Pep Guardiola. What could it look like? Will there be a huge drop off or will City be able to cope? As always, I'm joined by my co-host and United fan, Gasky. Hello, mate. Hello, how are we, Nobbins? I'm doing very good because good, I'm wearing good. a shirt with my pictures of my kitten on it. How does that make you feel? I know it's it's a crack, it's a cracking shirt. Look at that. It opens it opens eyes, you know. I mean, I wouldn't say it was your cat, but that picture where you, she's uh, been cut off. <laughs> yes, it's definitely a, it's definitely a custom shirt, <laughs> and she's hiding there as well. What, what a little cutie! Lovely, lovely shirt. That is Evie. But I'll tell you what isn't lovely, Gasky your perspective anyway united's yes. ffp situation and the whole uh, failure to get return on investment um just for some background uh we, we've talked about this before on the podcast but essentially united find themselves in a situation where they are limited in terms of how much they can spend uh, this upcoming season they have they've spent a fair bit in previous seasons and that coupled with the lack of direct owner investment from the Glazers means that they are uh, liable to the uh, Premier League FFP rules. That means that they can't actually spend that much money. And that's been exacerbated by the failures or, or to, I think failures is a fair word, in respect yeah. of player sales, not generating that much money from their first teamers and also not generating that much money from their youth players so Gasky, let, let's start with um let's let's start with the first teamers shall we and then move on to the youth so what's the, what what i mean two questions why and then secondly when was the last time united made like a big boy sale ronaldo probably <laughs> let's be fair so like, ronaldo left in what year was it oh nine 2009 was it? 2009 he left in 2009 he was signed for about 80 to 20 million and was sold for 80 so 60 million profit and th and then that was that was mental like in 2009 that was just ridiculous money but since then there's only been since i think since ronaldo i might be wrong i think only dan james has come back with either the same amount back or made profit maybe Di maria may have been the same amount or maybe a little bit less but they don't make profit on players they go and pay stupid money for players and then they're unable to then get the players out. Phil Jones had a new contract. Like, I don't think anyone can explain why he got a new contract. That's another, that's a that's an example of just ridiculousness. Um, and then you're spending so much money on players. I mean, then, you're then owing clubs on transfer fees, which is why the financial fair play is coming in. I think they owe 400 million or something in transfer fees. And they're not allowed to spend money now because they've got to pay that off still. And then these, you can't get players out the door. But then the players are trying to get out the door for, if they're going off rumours and stuff. I think they said like 15 million for Fred, 35 million for Maguire, 
Um, I can't remember there was other players as well. But to me, I think that's a fair value. Like 15 million for Fred, I would say is fair. You know, he's, he's got plenty of Premier League experience. But Fulham won't even pay that, right? And that's and that's probably looking at... That could be the reverse to what we said about the United tax last week. Players know United need to sell. They can get them for less. Hmm. This is how much of a mess United are in. It's like player teams are just taking you for granted. Yeah, and they don't and they don't help the them, they don't help themselves, do they? Because I think maybe the best example for me is Paul Pogba, who was we'll get onto the youth later, but he was a youth player at, at Man United in their academy, left for free or minimal transfer fee to Juve. Yeah, he became a star at Juventus and the you know the, the next hottest thing in football. Yeah, joins Man United for around ninety million. Sorry, goes yeah goes back to Man United for a world record ninety million pound transfer. Has a pretty mediocre time at United. Le- leaves on a free again back to Juve. I, I have a different I have a different opinion on the Pogba situation just because of how he left the first time. The first time he left, he was very arrogant. He mm. felt he was the next big thing. He was going to be a great player, but Fergie was like, "You need to you need to like chain it in like." you'll get your chance, but you're not having it yet. And I think Fergie, I can't remember which game it was, he made a point when he was being a bit of a prick of instead of bringing him in, he played someone out of position in midfield rather than using Pogba and left him on the bench. And that's when Pogba left. And that's like, well, if the manager says you will have your chance, but you're not ready yet, and you're going to keep having a bit of an attitude, you're going to get out of the door. Every man, you know, that's what good managers do. They've got to keep, you know, the good vibes going. And that was how he left. And I think... People always go, oh, you left for free and you signed it for 90 million. But that's why he left for free, because he was a, being a dick. Mm. So simple as that. You know, you're going to let players go. And, and, and that's the one time when a player turns out to be an absolutely amazing player. And then he's come for 90 million and he's not. If, you, if you're buying a player for such high money, especially when you're breaking records, they should be able to do it on their own. You know, you shouldn't be going like, oh, we didn't have the team for him. No, we should be able to go in that midfield and change the game. Yeah, and the only game I can think of where he changed the game was this, the Manchester Derby when they were down at half time. Yeah, I don't know another game where he's come on and absolutely just shown what he can do. Yeah, but then you so, can't you can't then lose him for ninety million. No, exactly. And for ninety million, he's having injuries and stuff, and then you've just basically let, let him just I don't know if that's the right word, but stagnate on yeah. the bench and just oh you can go now. It's exactly like, sell him. Exactly sell him for forty million. Yeah. get something at least. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like with the whole like Harry Kane at the moment. He's leaving genuinely going to let him go for free next year rather than because I think if I was if I was if I was United, I'd be like right, put a bid in in the last week of the transfer window for you sixty million. He's got a choice of paying for getting sixty million for him or letting go for free next year. Yeah, so definitely. So that's interesting. So you think that there could be like a sort of United tax equivalent in terms of selling players as well, like players sorry yeah. teams see United in a I've, position of weakness. Well, well. If I think I think Fulham getting Fred for fifteen million, I think that's great business. They both both sides, but apparently they won't pay it. Joe, mm. you know, buy for two million is worth a risk for two million, and that's what United have asked for. Whereas other teams would be for that type of player, we're getting ten ten million, twenty million for. Yeah. So potentially teams probably think United need the money. We'll we'll put a bid in to just test the waters. United is going, yeah, take him. And even but because because these players that have been there for seven years. Rather than a year, mm-hmm. so yeah, exactly. And even like the youth system, like if you uh, if we look at, let's say, I mean, it happened yesterday. I think you know, Trafford, who's played 
once for Man City, I think in a cup game or something. Um, I've, I've barely heard of him. I've not seen him play. Um, he's now, you know, doing quite good at the uh, England under 21 uh, Euros uh, or the World Cup or whatever that competition is. And uh, he he did well on loan at Bolton. I know that much. But again, that's a player, including his add-ons, that's around £20 million for a youth... We can agree. We can agree that's stupid money. Like, to, but how 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 are they able to do it? It's, cool. it's just good business, isn't it? Like, 20 million is a lot for a player that's not even played... That is that has played league one football at the top. It's a lot of money, but potentially it's, it's the investment of having a number one goalkeeper for the next ten to fifteen years in the Premier League, and it's fair investment. But how were how were City, for example, able to do that? And they did it with uh, Bavuna. Was it his name Bavuna, the keeper for uh, Southampton? Bazanu, yeah, Bazanu. Sorry, and Lavia. You know, yeah, loads of players. Yeah, yeah. Make making money and letting players get first team football. The United, it's not about, I don't think it's about quality because some of the United youth players are, are brilliant. They're not, you know, like they've sold um, Laird and Iqbal now for 1.5, 750k each, right? And it's got the it's got the 10% sell on, I think it's, I think, yeah, 10% sell on clause. I think it might be 40% actually. Right. Sell on clause on the Iqbal contract, especially. And then like buyback clauses and stuff, which is fine, but only 70, 750k, mm. you know? Is is Matt and he's going to Utrecht? You know, it's not a you going know, where, sorry, Utrecht in Holland. Oh, it's right. not a big team. He's going to like very mediocre uh, Dutch team. Yeah, like so. I'm just thinking to myself, what's the what's the plan there? Yeah, like you know, you you, you could you could get for Iqbal 50 million easy if he was in City's academy. You'd be getting 20 million for him. So it's clear the way the club's being run. Do you it's think ridiculous. it's? Do you think there's almost a Man City academy tax in terms of, like, they've been? I, it's, but that's why it's weird because it's nothing to do with quality. Like I said, it's, I don't think it's anything to do with quality. I'm not saying the City players are bad. I'm not saying the United players are bad. You know, I think they're all on the same par. But when you've got like Iqbal, who has been on the bench in the Premier League, he has played amazingly in pre seasons and he's played in a couple of cup games. He's had that more experience than half of the City players that they've been selling have. But you can't you can't sell them for a good amount of money. You're selling them for buy-on clauses. Yeah, and it's is a tactic is a tactic to get them out off like it's obviously not a lot of wages, but get them out of the club, get them playing because they want to leave, and play first team football, and then have the opportunity to buy them back in the future. It could be an, it could work. It might not. Mm. But again, you, when you when you've got a financial fair play situation, you want to get them out for money. You need to get money in the club. Yeah. So go and make money. Not I just don't get it. Definitely and especially in United's FFP scenario, a, a, a good academy which regularly produces talent and therefore money is a pretty easy source of good money. So like last season, for example, you know, we signed Holland on however much and we signed Phillips on however much. We actually ended up making like 50 million profit yeah. or something when you take into account the academy yeah. because of exactly. Bazanu yeah. and Lavia and, uh, and the Dozy and all of these other players that we've sold in the past, like this yeah. season, it's now Trafford and uh, uh, Carlos Borges, who's another winger. He's been touted as, you know, going to Forest for like 10, 15 million or whatever. Um, and and it's just like, th- these are players who, you know, m- most most City fans who don't obviously don't watch, who only watch the first team, well, don't really know much yeah, about the them. That, but... The players that would never have a sniff in the first team. Like, if you look at, like, Foden's bot, the only one that's broken through properly. 
in God knows how long, which tells you how, how because of course you're the Premier League champions, it's going to be very difficult to break through. Yeah, but they're both both creating player, both United and City creating such good young academy players, but one's able to then shift them off for good amounts of money to allow the team to keep building, whereas the other is like, you know, get it for pennies. Mm. And and it's, again, that's a prime example of where it's poor investment. So is that about so City and so like and Chelsea are obviously very, very infamous for doing it as well. Even Liverpool, you think of Brewster, they managed to sell him yeah. for like thirty million quid or something and insane. Like yeah, so that's so, fifty million for them too. Yeah, so why can City, Chelsea, Liverpool, etc., do that? But it is just the way United question. are run. I it has to. I I just, the only thing I put it down to is the clubs run horrendously poorly at the moment. Mm-hmm. horrendously poorly and that and I'm guessing you think that can only change if like the current owners leave yeah the only only the, the only solution you might have because it's been so long is literally new owners and just dismantle from the ground up and just go from scratch that's what's needed yeah because it's a pretty I mean you know uh, when was it you know the, the I know it's like it's talked about a lot but rightly so the class of 92 where they had you know yeah. five six seven in total uh, academy graduates who were, were involved in the first team and and now and I know that United well, have this. Not even like the first team. It's more of uh, ten years ago. You'd look at lineups across the across English football. There was a United graduate in every team. Yeah, every team. There's just one everywhere. Now they're nowhere. I was. Uh, that's what I was going to say. You know, obviously aside from like Rashford, who ha- who has who does currently play, and you know, he who shall not be named. Um, when was like the last time that you not unless I'm missing someone? When, when was the last time like United um, produced uh, a, a really ta- well, a really good academy graduate who maybe didn't play for United for, but did well, play for, for not, uh, someone else? There might be some that are missing, but not for a while. No, like post like post Fergie, yeah, Rash was the main one, and then he shall not be named. Yeah, and then that's about it. Really. I'm, not, I'm not counting Pogba because they signed him from a, an academy in France. No. And he, yeah. No, obviously, like an actual as well, but he was signed from it, like, Comedy. Um, but strict, yeah, isn't it? Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably something like there probably would have been something like the early in like the early 90s and stuff, but nothing that stood out like the 92. Yeah, definitely. And and I think that what we're seeing now with City is the fruit of the fruits of labor and respective investment, like you know, when the new owners came yeah. in. Uh, they, I mean, they were very ambitious to start with. They said, you know, by X year, we want like five or six academy players in the starting eleven. Obviously, because they, they invested like two hundred million into the whole. It was a lot. Situation. It, yeah. was, it was a lot, but now, you know, that that was what fifteen years ago. So those players who were like, you know, four, five, yeah. or whatever, and now nineteen, twenty, 20 and being <laughs> yeah, sold, yeah, sold for easy money, or you know, Rico Lewis, Foden, Palmer, McAtee, these players are coming through. And actually being involved in the first team, so it's, I think yeah. it starts with investment in your own academy. It, it does, but but like we said, like we said about the Glazer situation, where there's what there was a massive, nearly six seven year gap of not investing and breaking the transfer records, which they always would do. Yeah, is the, the owners just don't put money in; they take money out. You know, when you look at the stats about like uh, the ownership and how much they invest, they're on minus United because they're taking money out of the club, and that's the problem. They're not investing anywhere. So, yeah, and that's why players are in to go for buy on like buy on clause is the easiest way to do it. Selling clause is the easiest way to do it. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a pretty bleak yep. situation. 
Uh, which that's pro- why I like I'm at a point now like you go on you go on Twitter and you look at the transfer rumors and sometimes you can get excited going oh really? mm, yeah that'd be a good signing yeah I don't believe anything because no. they could say they could say oh they're linked with him and like no they're not they're just it's because because if you say a player's linked with United it's easy views yeah of course so that's all it is but you don't get excited no there we go so but that who knows maybe next week or the week after we'll be able to report on you know United's new owners and then the I don't know, I do. issues <laughs> like this won't be a thing it's- Yes. But until that, until then, until life after the Glazers, we will not know. And speaking of life after, that was a beautiful segue, life after Pep Gasky in respect of Mm. Manchester City. Now, you know, I only want to talk about this briefly because a lot of it's hearsay and predictions and stuff. But it's, you know, now that Pep's won the Champions League, obviously, which has seemed like, you know, the holy grail, that you know, the last missing piece uh, in Pep's time at City, um, he's got. I think he's got this season, and then the season after that, and that's when his contract ends. So there's a pretty high likelihood he's not going I to think sign. He said, he said he's going to go, isn't it? I think. I think he's apparently said it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so I think he. I think what he said was, "I'm going to see out the rest of my contract," and I. I don't think he's absolutely said, "I'm not going to sign an extension," but the inference was that he's going to see out his contract and then he's not committed to an extension. So we can assume that in two years' time, he will not be city manager, which is a pretty huge situation. And that's why lots of people have been talking about it. So, and, you know, we saw... I know that Arsenal sort of deteriorated towards the end, but even when Wenger left... You know, they, they were in the doldrums for a, a couple of years, not in the Champions League. Yeah, I think the Arsenal situation was Wenger should have gone sooner. Yeah, but even when Wenger left, he still yeah, struggled. Because it showed that, yeah, and I think that there was also, I think there was a lot of backlash from building a new stadium as well, which obviously puts you in a lot of debt. Yeah, and of, obviously the biggest example is when Fergie left United. There were a lot, lots of other yeah. reasons, but yeah, yeah, yeah. again, still a massive drop-off. Um, yeah. And it's, I, I expect it would probably be a similar thing at Liverpool. I'd expect there to be a pretty big drop when Klopp leaves. Um, what do you think, Gasky? Because I do think that, you know, when Pep eventually leaves, I think there will be a drop-off because yeah, Pep is... Yeah, yeah. There's always a drop-off. Yeah. Yeah. Because Pep is, you know, for, for me, you know, a, the greatest coach ever up there of like being the best manager ever um, in Premier League history or whatever. So obviously there's going to be some sort of drop-off. But I don't know if I subscribe to the idea that it's going to be like a United-style drop-off where, you know, you go no. from champions to what's it, yeah. seventh or, and then, you know, you're in the wilderness for however long. I think it'll be a, it will be a drop-off, but I don't think it's going to be like, right, now City are rubbish I, no, sort of thing. I think, I think it'll be, I think it'll be, a, it obviously depends on who they get in and how they want to go about it. Will they get a manager in who's very similar? Will they get someone in who's like maybe a little bit different? A young manager, maybe, but I, I think I think the worst they'll get is a top four fight for one year. I think that's the worst it'll go. Yeah, but you might not even get that bad. I think it might be like a third place. Yeah, you know potentially. Uh, but no, I don't think it'll be a bad bad drop off. Yeah, because the, the reason why I think that is because the club is v- very well run. Obviously, yeah. you know, along with like you know Brighton, Brentford, it's one of the best run clubs in the country. I think that's fair to yeah, say. Definitely, and a lot of that comes from the background staff, the CEO, sporting directors, etc. So there's a philosophy at City, which is was all geared towards Pep coming in as manager. That was sort of like the final piece. But I don't but I think that as long as City get in 
a manager with a similar philosophy and a similar play style and a similar way of coaching and going about business to Pep. No, Pep's unique, but especially in the modern era, lots of managers, you know, subscribe to his way of thinking. Like you think, yeah, like they mold, they mold to his way. Yeah, yeah, they think of Arteta, Deserbi, yeah. all, all Ten Hag, all of yeah. these managers who have been inspired by Pep and now want to yeah. play his style of football. So, I, I personally think that it's going. To, City will try as much as they can to just basically be the same. The, the background staff won't change that much when, if and when Pep leaves. Like they were here before Pep joined. I think they'll be here after. Um, so it's all about just getting a manager with a similar philosophy, and that's why, really, this is why it confuses me with Chelsea, for example, uh, and and to a lesser extent United, because surely it makes more sense to build a team for a club and how a club yeah. wants to play football. So, for example, when Klopp leaves Liverpool, bring in another manager who wants to play gig and pressing football because he's got the players there who can do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. when when Pep leaves, bring in a player who wants to play his exact style of football. You know, so someone, someone like Deserby, for example, rather yeah. than just build, build, um, build a squad for the manager at the time, the flavour yeah. of the month, because in, in a year, you might, you might go. No, exactly. Like with with United after Fergie, it was it was Fer, Fergie's recommendation in Moyes, which is fine. You know, okay, you go with that's who I think should take over. It didn't work. It didn't work out. But then you go and get Van Hal, who's completely different, different style, and he has to go and buy players that are his style. And then Mourinho, completely different style, and he's signing players to his style. You know, you buy into the manager, you buy to the team. Where well, that's what I see with like Ten Hag signs at the moment is he's signing young players. He's signing 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds who can play how he wants to play football. Do you know, like, like rather playing Shaw at centre-back than Maguire when there's injuries because it's a left-footed centre-back he wants. Not, oh, he's a centre-back and he's big and put in there. You know, and that's how I think you need to have it. So then if, you know, Ted Hag was to leave, you'd get a manager who can do the same thing with the same set of players. Yeah. Which is which is exactly what City need to do once, once Pep goes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because, mm. um, I mean, there, there was one moment, uh, I can't remember... Exactly. I think it may have been under Solskjaer. He was dealing with players from like four or five diff- past managers or something like that. Exactly. Like, I think like Matter only just left last year. I think it was, and he was he was the one good one good thing from Moyes. Mm. And yeah, and he was like, and he's a very like Matter's a very exquisite type, but you know, very unique player. He doesn't work for every manager. You know, it, like Mourinho came in, he sits on the bench because he won't fit in his style. And then yeah, Solskjaer comes in when he's got a like a basketball team because they're so big from Mourinho's time yeah so yeah it doesn't work like that definitely and that's why I think that in some I think City will be fine life after Pep yeah. it will be very sad it, I don't think the football will look as good I don't think that we'll be ever be as good because Pep is the greatest coach ever uh, but it's not the end of the world and it's, it's more I, I actually think it's probably more about the background staff as I say and, and the board um Ra- you know, making sure they keep the club's identity yeah. rather than, oh my, oh, let's go out and let's bring in Klopp and just play a totally different style of football. And that's now our identity. It's like, yeah, no, yeah. stick with your identity. No. And then it doesn't matter if you chop and change managers, really, because they'll all play yeah, the same not, way. It's not about going looking for the next best manager if he play, doesn't play the same way. It, it just wouldn't work. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. But but Pep, it, but, you know, I know you're listening. Uh, please just sign a lifetime contract so we don't have to worry about life after pet. <laughs> He's there being pushed out in a wheelchair. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> yeah, and then and then just and then your children can just take over. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, just make sure make sure your eldest is being taught. <laughs> yeah, in the in the, the way, way of Pep Guardiola. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Gas, we've got some questions from our lovely uh, Patreon oh, supporters. Yeah. Would you like to hear them? Let's hear them out. Fantastic. So we've got uh, two questions on, on a similar vein, so I'll read them both out at the same time. Uh, Ed asks, what are your thoughts on players moving to Saudi Arabia, Gerard's appointment as manager in, in, a Saudi, in the Saudi League? And Narnbred similarly asks, should Saudi, the Saudi Arabian League have some sort of FFP? We haven't actually talked about the Saudi Arabia no, no. situation yet, Gasky. But for the next, or like four or five minutes, uh, what what are your opinions, if any, on what's happening? Um, it's it's the way sports going because it's already happened with golf. Uh, it, over there, they just it is it's sports washing, isn't it? It's they've get they've just throwing money at it, getting players in, making themselves like meaningful, you know, getting in big managers, and eventually, I, it'll come to a point when you know, young players will be start going there, you know? But then I think they'll they'll invest more than what they've done in China to where it'll it might end up being a point when they'll offer money to UEFA and they'll get him in the Champions League. I honestly think that's where it'll happen. Mm. Because I, I don't know, you probably don't you I don't think you follow golf, do you? But that's what happened with golf, you know, they were they were throwing money at um like golf I think golfers go off prize money. They don't have like, you know, contracts. And they were they, they were offering a massive contract to come and play in like a Saudi Arabian league, and then they've, now they've had to merge. So the like the main golf tour that's always been about is now having to merge with the Saudi Arabian one to get the players back. And I think football will end up in a bit, probably a similar situation when the Saudi teams are having such good squads in it might be ten years time, fifteen years, but potentially they'll be like right they're part of the Champions League now. Yeah. Um, yeah. If so, yeah. So a lot of that will depend on how strong UEFA are. If UEFA crumble, yeah. then I, I totally agree with you. And there's, because we, we so we've, because I, 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 I'm going to make my, my opinion on it known. I don't want that to happen. I, I don't want. Uh, no, do I. And it's not even just a, because it's not even because Saudi Arabia is a disgusting, vile country of awful human rights abuse re- records. It's, I, I wouldn't want, you know, uh, what, what's like a really nice, happy-go-lucky country. I don't know. Um, Hungary. A non-European one, though. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Any any country that's non-European should not be in in the Champions League. (laughs) Canada, yeah, Canada's fun. Uh, Yeah, Canada should not be in the Champions League. This is what I also disagree with. Like teams from Israel being in the Champions League, they shouldn't be here. The, The reason why they are here is because of a cultural thing that's not really related. But they shouldn't be here in the same way. Australia shouldn't be in Eurovision. You know and. It's a European competition. You know, there are African, there's an African Champions League, an Asian Champions League. Just, you know, stay there. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um. So that's that. So I really hope UEFA are strong. So so just from a fundamental perspective of it's the it's a European competition, you should probably be in Europe to, to play in it or at least have, you know, European yeah. cultural ties or, or whatever. Um. I don't have an issue with a new league coming in and spending a load of money to improve their league yeah. because they're well within I, their I right to do that. I agree because, like, when when China did it, I didn't care. I was like, it was like, you know what? Yeah, I mean, it's the only way you're going to get anywhere near European football is by investment. Yeah, I think a couple of Russian teams did it, and I think was it that Anzi team? I'm not going to try and pronounce it. Oh yeah, Anzi Mahashkala. Yeah, they they threw money at players. Eto, Roberto didn't Carlos work. didn't work. Didn't work, did it? No. But um, yeah, so they're trying to they're trying to keep keep up, but that's that's it. You know, get your league competitive, and then. 
you know, you'll probably end up creating a tournament or something or preseason tournaments and things. But that's where you draw the line. Don't the tournament that everyone looks forward to watching, all the best European teams, don't get involved in it. You know, it's it's like it's got such history. They're already fucking it up next year anyway. I know. With the new system. So I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. It would not surprise me and, at all. And uh, as I said, I don't know anything about golf, but what sort of gives me hope in terms of like, because I'm not, you know, I, I don't want the Saudi league to be brilliant because I, I want, you know, I'm, I'm not going to watch it. I don't, I don't care about the Saudi league. It's got, it's got no relevant history to me, uh, and I just don't actually give a toss about it. So, you know, I don't want it. I don't want it to become the new Premier League, which actually does have, you know, like um, English football does have like a lot of history going back to the 19th century, for example. Um, I can't remember what I was going to say now. Oh, yeah, golf. I don't know what the situation is in terms of their tournaments and prestige, but I still think currently um, if a Saudi club bids for a player who's, I don't know, 24, who is of Barcelona quality. So if Barcelona come in for a player and a Saudi club comes into a for a player, even if the Saudi club's offering loads more money, I still think the footballer unless they're totally compelled by money, yeah. goes to Barcelona just no, because yeah, it's Barcelona. I, yeah, I do as well. But that's where I'm like, in think, 10, 15 years' time, when every team is stacked in Saudi Arabia, you know, would it get to a point when, how long is it going to be until the players start, you know, going, biting, you know, going, oh, that's good money, that, I'm going to go there. Yeah. How long is it going to be? Because in China, there wasn't many, there wasn't many, they were always past it. But you had a couple, like, I think Oscar wasn't that old when he went, for mm. a lot of money, you know, and it was the odd one, but there isn't any, there hasn't really been any, is there yet for Saudi Arabia? But how how long till one does decide, one player decides to do that? That's mm. the question. That is the question. Um, my prediction is that it's not going to take over uh, just by virtue of, because even if you spend loads of money and bring in your own place, blah, 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 it doesn't actually strengthen like the your own talent yeah. in your league. Like we, were, like we were saying before, you know, you, all youth systems, the, the players come through in Europe and stuff like that and then they want to, they have idols and, you know, they want to go and play for the team to support type thing. You're not going to have a player that I, I want to go and play for Al Raya because I support them. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, so I, I don't have an issue with teams. Yeah. I, I don't have an issue with the, the existence of the Saudi League and buying, like, you know, European teams pick, cherry pick, cherry pick, um, South American clubs all the time. So I don't have yeah. an issue with Saudi Arabia doing that. I just have an issue with if they try to then force their way into a competition, they've got no into, right into, being into in. something more competitive because your league's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you can have your league. That's fine. But don't try and come in the Champions <laughs> go League. And, go and build something with the Chinese Super League. You know, go and build your own <laughs> Champions League. There yeah. you are. Well, they have to... They, have a, they've they, got they, a Champions League. They create a new League. Super Cup. Yeah. They go make a new Super Cup against European one against yours. There yeah. you go. Have so, one game. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's yeah. my thoughts. And, and it just very briefly on Nambred, um should saudi aren't going to put in any, any ffp because they don't care so uh that's no, um, exactly. the, the only way that would work is it was if if, if they get involved yeah. yeah or if like fifa came in and said right there's universal uh, uh spending regulations and i doubt that's yeah. ever going to happen because yeah because you're affecting the european leagues mm. but yeah that won't happen uh very very quickly because we need to end soon uh liam asks uh, where will liverpool finish next season and how will they perform in the cups uh Depends on the transfer window. Totally. Yeah, I mean, they've, had a, they've, had a, they've had a good start to it. They've added in what they need to add in in the midfield pretty much. Um, they'll be definitely a top four run. They, they won't have be as bad as last season. Uh, potentially win a cup. I think I think there's a lot of teams going to be fighting for that top four. Yeah. And I think they'll be involved. Yeah. I think if they, start, if they get 
three more players that they need, I think they could finish second, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, there's no reason why not. Uh, DR asks, if you had to pick two to deactivate out of YouTube, Twitter, and Insta, which two would you pick? I would deactivate Instagram and Twitter. Instagram and Twitter. I, I, love, I love YouTube. I don't touch Instagram, so. <laughs> no, that's fair. And uh, Will asks, because uh, we, we, we were having a, a conversation about this the other day, ask Gasky what feels better to win, the Champions League or the Premier League. I don't want your dusty opinion on this, Nobbins, because I've said that my feeling what, was What that... feels better to win? Because <sighs> I, I, I said the Aguero Premier League felt better than the Treble Champions League. So that's why Will's See, asking yeah, you that. Mo- yeah, I feel like mo- moments are better. So like watching the watching them win the Champions League in Moscow, just that, that you know, you've gone from being buzzing to nervous to Ronaldo's yeah. missed shit. You know, he slipped. You know, that kind of vibe is just you, unmatched than having a, just a basic 38-game season. It's just a bit, you know, won it, won it after 30 games. What do you do the next eight games? Yeah. But that you say the Aguero moment is just incredible. Incredible footballing moment. And it's, it's a tough one to say which one's a better feeling because it depends how you win it, mm. doesn't it? Like, you know, if you walk every round of the Champions League and then you walk the final, it's not fun, is it? Have I asked you which you'd rather win? Is it the Champions I'd League? Win, no, I'd rather win the Prem. Oh. The Prem's, the Prem, I would say the Prem's harder to win than the and, Champions and League. And that's why I'd rather because, win it. Because of, because of knockout tournaments. Because it's just a look at the draw, isn't it? Like United won the... Carabao Cup walking mm. through it, and that's and why that's I... the final FA Cup walking through it. So the, the Premier League will always be more competitive, and always hard. I always think it'd be harder to win, but it's difficult when when you have two last minute goals in ninety nine in the final to compete to a full season. It's just, I guess, it's just the moments, yeah, isn't it? If, if a moment happens, that then it overtakes. That's interesting. So, so you'd okay. rather win the Premier League partly because it's harder to win. I would say it's hard to win, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it is hard knockout, to win. Knock, knockout tournaments are luck. If yeah. you, okay, if you if you draw every... Let's say you're into Milan, for example, and they had to play against every league winner through every round, mm. then, they just, yes, they deserve to win it. And two, they've got, they've got unlucky on the draw. Whereas, other way around, City next season could get a walk in the park. Mm. You just don't know, do you? There we go. Uh, hopefully that answers all your guys' questions. Thank you so much for the support and your questions from the Patreon. Uh, you've been listening to the Knobcast. If you have enjoyed, then make sure you are following this podcast so you all stay updated. We uh, have uh, two podcasts every week coming to you for your listening pleasure uh, with an obvious focus on City and United. Uh, but I've been Nobbins, Gasky, and who have you been? I've been Gasky this week. This week, who, you, who might you be yeah. next week? Might be Gasky. What if I want to be Gasky? Then who are you going to be? Get a wig. I oh, know you didn't do a YouTube yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. So if I come as Gasky, what are you going to come as? Are you going to be Nobbins or are you going to be someone else? Like a third party? I might, I might, oh, I might, I might have an alter ego. <gasps> oh, my God. Ooh. <laughs> you have to tune in to find out. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you follow the podcast. We'll see you next time.